Well, Mama, it's cold and flu season. Welcome to the fall and winter in America. And if you haven't seen them yet, they're coming at you. Get ready for all the commercials and all the pressure tactics from your providers and your maybe mom and grandma and everybody telling you, you better run out and get that flu shot. You better hurry up and get it. Tis the season, right? So today what we're going to talk about is what you need to know if you're pregnant during the flu season, the cold and flu season. We're going to talk about what to expect and what you need to do. Let's go. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. So last week I said I wanted to jump through the phone to hug Jen's neck for that awesome review that she left me. And since then, I now have another person that I want to jump through the phone and hug their neck. It is Elle Willems. Again, oftentimes these reviews just have whatever name you entered when you very first got your iPhone or iPad or whatever. So it doesn't have your actual name. So I don't really know exactly who this is. But whoever you are, just know that I want to jump through the phone and hug your neck. Because her review says exactly what I was looking for. I was hoping to find a Christ-centered pregnancy podcast for my first pregnancy, and this one has been such a blessing. It's exactly what I was hoping to find. I love that the episodes are a shorter length, and they're all so encouraging, and I love that you found it because that's what I'm here for. And mamas, when you go and take that 30 seconds to click that five-star review and then type in a few words like she did to let me know what you think about the podcast, not only does it encourage me, but it also helps other moms like her find this podcast. And we all know that mamas everywhere need encouragement. There is discouragement everywhere you turn. I just, I can't get over how many stories I'm hearing from people who are just falling into the traps of the medical system right and left. And they're and they're there and they're easy to see, but they just don't recognize them because they haven't heard. And so when you take the time to leave me a quick written review, it helps more of those mamas find me so that they can then learn what they need to know to avoid these traps. So thank you, L. Willems, and thank you to all who have left me a review. And if you haven't, please just hit pause real quick. Go leave me one real quick. Doesn't take long. Hit that fifth star. Type in a few words. Helps me so much. Encourages me so much. I read every single review. So today, we're going to kind of take a long route around to talk about what in the world are you supposed to do when you're pregnant in the cold and flu season. What do you need to know? So you've probably, by the time you listen to this, already started to get some of this. But maybe not. Depends on where you're at, whether or not this narrative has started for you. You're going to be told 
it's the flu season and the flu season is the scariest of the scary. And now it's not only flu season, it's cold season and they're probably going to put COVID season on you as well. You're going to be told that your immune system, it's just not up to par. You're pregnant. Your body doesn't know what to do anymore. You're going to be told that you need a shot in your arm to protect you because God's immune system that he put in you, eh, it's just not good enough. If you get the shot, the flu shot in this case is what I'm talking about, then you'll be treated like you're a smart person. And if you don't get the shot, you'll be treated like an idiot. If you get the flu and you got the shot, they'll say it must have been another strain because obviously you got the shot and you still got the flu. So, I mean, it's not perfect. If you get the flu immediately after you get the shot, then they'll say it was a coincidence. That's not what caused it. If you don't get the shot, but you do get the flu, you'll be told, see, told you so. You want to know a secret? Knowing all that I just told you, you want to know a little secret? Some insider info? Doctors get reimbursed more by insurance companies when a certain number of their patients get whatever shot, in this case, a flu shot. That is truth. I used to get fussed at because my mamas that I was taking care of weren't getting the shots. And I know that I was being fussed at because when the office reached a certain threshold, I think it was like 80% or something like that, 80% of the moms, there was some kickback. Think about that. Are they pushing it on you for your good or for their own? Let's look at the facts. Now, I'm going to be pulling heavily today from Dr. Stu's podcast, Birthing Instincts. He did a, he, he always does, excellent rundowns of statistics. He really can pull the things that are important. And when I was listening to one of his podcasts recently, I was writing and taking notes like I was back in college. I was just writing for all I was worth because I don't really believe in reinventing the wheel. I trust him. And he works so hard to compile information in a very clear way that I was just writing it all down, taking notes for all I was worth. So I want to give him full credit for the numbers and different things that I'll share here. But I'm also going to share some of my take on it as well. First, food for thought. Did you know that the CDC owns 20 vaccine patents? Chew on that for a minute. That means that the governmental association that is telling you what is best for you as a major conflict of interest. When you follow their recommendations, they make money. And they're in the pocket of all the other governmental organizations saying, oh yeah, but the CDC says you need this or that or the other. Because the CDC has become God. He's the one that tells us what to do, right? If you don't do what the CDC says, then you're crazy. You're going against recommendations, right? But the CDC, is making money off of those recommendations. Second, did you know that there is a revolving door between many of the higher-ups in the CDC and the top positions in the big pharmaceutical companies? In all the spare time that I know you have as a mom, because we all just have tons of time, right? That's a joke. In all your spare time, when you've got time to sit around, maybe mess around on your phone or whatever, feel free just to do a little research into that. Look at whose names you see, former pharmaceutical companies, now CDC, or vice versa. It'll nauseate you. Now, let's talk about 
studies, right? Last week we talked about not needing studies to verify what you already know. But today let's talk a little bit about how a study is supposed to work and how these work for these shots. So when you do a study, you're supposed to have a control. Maybe you remember that from back in your science classes in school. The control is supposed to receive a true placebo, which is a substance that has nothing in it. They don't know that it has nothing in it, but it has nothing in it. In the case of testing vaccines, the vaccine should have in it whatever is going to be in it. And then the shot that the placebo group is getting should be nothing, just saline, okay? But in reality, the way these studies are conducted is that the control group that should be getting the saline, I said that funny, the saline, <laughs> they should be getting the saline, they are actually getting a shot that has all of the ingredients that the vaccine has except for the pathogens been taken out. So all of the metals, all of the preservatives, all of those things that your body theoretically could react to, all those things are still there in the control group shot. So the vaccine group, the study group is getting the vaccine that has the pathogen and the control group is getting the exact same shot, only the pathogen's been taken out. We are not comparing shot to no shot. And that drastically skews the side effect profile because the reactions that most people have to the shots are not to the pathogen itself, it's to the other stuff. So when you have a control group that has the same reactions as the vaccine group, because they're getting the same irritants, the same preservatives, the things that irritate your system, then they can say there was no difference between the control and the, and the vaccine group. And that's true. But they're conducting messed up science and calling it good science and trying to convince you that it's safe when really they haven't done a true test of shot to no shot. Newsflash. Another newsflash, I guess. There's, this thing's full of newsflashes. Did you know that vaccine companies have no liability whatsoever if you experience a side effect? Did you know that you can't sue them? Another newsflash. Did you know that if you are injured and you somehow manage to get compensation, somehow you everything aligns perfectly to where you manage to prove that the vaccine caused your injury or your child's injury, which is, by the way, next to impossible? Did you know that what little compensation that you might get is not from the vaccine company, but it's from taxpayers through the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, which is a no-fault system in the U.S. for litigating vaccine injuries because there are enough vaccine injuries, there are so many vaccine injuries, that a thing like that is needed. Every shot that anybody gets has a little bit of a fee or a tax or whatever you wanna call it that goes into this fund. So if you get shots, you are funding the vaccine injury compensation program, not the vaccine companies. How convenient. Another newsflash. Did you know that the modern vaccine schedule has never been tested? Sometimes multiple shots are given all at the same time, but these have not been tested in any way, in any combinations. 
Think about if you got all those illnesses at once. You know, sometimes you'll take your kid in and they'll get three or four shots at the same day or maybe three or four things are combined into one or two shots. Each of those represents a different thing that you could get sick with. Think about if you got all of those illnesses at once, what it would do to your body. And yet, giving them all at once, all those shots at once, somehow seems like a good idea. Those things have never been studied. We don't know what they're doing, or do we? Another newsflash. Did you know that no vaccine has ever been tested in pregnant women? And yet, now several vaccines are universally recommended to pregnant women? I can't remember which shot it was, but I remember there was a time when I was still practicing that some shot all of a sudden became recommended. And just, you know, months before, we'd been told not to give it. And I remember digging around. I'm like, so why is this okay now? You know, nothing is, has anything changed, basically. I was looking to see, like, did they do some study to know that this is safe now? And I found nothing. Nothing had changed except for the recommendation. There was no new study. It was just like, now we're going to recommend it. We don't know what we're doing to these pregnant women. We don't know what we're doing to their unborn babies. Now a newsflash regarding those babies. When you look at the vaccine schedule, you'll see that most of the shots are given in the first few years of life. But did you know that the blood-brain barrier is not fully developed until around age seven? So, if they claim that the ingredients of the shot don't cross the blood-brain barrier, which I would argue, but if they claim that, that's great. But that blood-brain barrier is not even really ready yet to do what it's there for. There's somewhere around 32 to 38 doses of shots given by that age. 32 to 38. All right, now let's look at the vaccine ingredients. Let's look at the flu shot. The flu shot has 25 micrograms of mercury. Micrograms are really small, right? Doesn't sound like much. Well, the EPA says that 0.45 micrograms per pound is the upper limit of safety when it comes to mercury. So if you do the math, that means that a flu shot is only safe for a person weighing 550 pounds. Any of y'all that big? Kind of doubt it. That means that there is almost no one whose body is big enough to deal with the insult from the amount of mercury in a flu shot. By the way, the Marisol, that's mercury. They have put a different label on it to where maybe you won't notice. But many people have noticed, and many companies realize that they have noticed, so they've switched to aluminum because that hasn't gotten the bad rap as bad. Aluminum accumulates in the brain as well. The FDA says that the maximum amount of aluminum that a 50-pound child should have is 113 micrograms. So 50 pounds, I mean, most kids, by the time they get there, they're, you know, maybe four or five years old. At birth in this country, infants are routinely given a hepatitis B shot. Hepatitis B is a sexually transmitted disease and a disease that is passed between IV drug users most commonly. Never met a baby that fits into those categories. But we're giving all these babies this shot for some reason that is beyond me. That shot has 250 micrograms of aluminum. Now remember, 
The maximum dose that a 50-pound child should have is 113, but the dose we're giving to newborn babies with fresh immune systems, 250 micrograms. Aluminum is a neurotoxin, which means that it can excite and change your neurological system. So can it cause autism? Autism is a disease of something going on in the brain that we don't fully understand. And we're giving metals through shots into children and newborn babies that accumulate in the brain. But then we're claiming that these shots don't cause autism. Let's just use our common sense. Last week we talked about trusting our common sense. I know yours is telling you what you already know, but maybe cognitive dissonance is causing you to doubt it. But just process it. Think about it. Doesn't it stand to reason that this could be happening? This could be causing it? Now, correlation is not causation, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So I'm not saying that this is the only thing that causes it. I don't know. But because I don't know and because you don't know, should we not proceed with massive amounts of caution given the fact that we have no studies that tell us this is safe? You want to know why they put these metals into these shots? Because that's, I used to think that, like, why, are they, why is that even in there? Can't they just give a little bit of the pathogen and your body will do the same thing? Well, it won't. They have to put these other things in because they basically have to irritate your system for the vaccine to cause the change that it's trying to cause. They have to create this change to have a chance for it to have the response, your immune system to have the response they're wanting. Normally, when you contract some pathogen and you start to get sick, there's inflammation and different things that happen that cause that to happen in your body naturally. But when you're getting this shot, you're not sick and they're just putting it straight in, passing several layers, several levels, excuse me, of your immune system that normally would do some of these jobs to try to get rid of it. So that irritation is required for your immune system to kick in and start doing what it's supposed to do. So they have to put these things in there. That alone tells you a little bit about the fact that vaccines are not a good process, but I digress. So let's look at our autism rates. Look, go, go look at them. Go look at how many kids in our country have autism now or some autism spectrum. There's all kinds of different levels of autism that exist. The drastic increase starts, correlates, with when the vaccines started to increase in number. Now, as I mentioned, correlation is not causation. I'm not saying that because they're correlated that that is definitely what's causing it. Again, I can't prove that. But something is going on here. And it stands to reason that shooting neurotoxic metals into our bodies in astronomical amounts for us and our babies could very well be a causative factor. Maybe all by itself, or maybe in combination with things like radiation from ultrasounds that already has their brains a little upset. Or maybe in combination with all the toxic exposures that our bodies get from our food and water if we're not careful. We have so many insults on our system. It is very hard to nail down one thing because we're getting them from all angles. But guess what? That is what they play on. These companies know that you can't prove it. They know that there's no way to nail down the one thing, and they play on that. 
They play on knowing that you can't prove that their thing caused it, and meanwhile, they're laughing all the way to the bank. They don't care about you. They don't care about all that you're going to have to go through to get the help for your kid when they can't process things right, when they can't eat certain things because they'll have anaphylactic reactions, when they can't think clearly, when they can't sit still anymore because their brain can't regulate the way it used to. And that's just scratching the surface of a few of the actual cases of actual people that I actually know who actually do know that the vaccine changed their baby or changed their child. It is sickening. And I want you mamas to put up your guard real, real high and real, real thick, thick and think hard about what we're doing here. Let's bring this back to the flu season. I went a little broad there. I warned you at the first that I would, but let's go back to the flu season now. The flu shot is notoriously horrible. Everybody knows that. Some years its efficacy is in the 10 to 20% range. That means it only technically works, if you want to even call it that, in 10 to 20% of the people who get it. You've got better odds flipping a coin, folks. So what do you do? As a pregnant mama who's trying to do everything that you can to be healthy, what do you do? Well, it's really not that hard. First thing you do is just eat healthy. Eat the foods that God gave us as close to the source as you can that he gave them to us. Things like getting your vegetables from the local farmer or growing them yourself. Getting your meat from the farmer down the road the farmer who doesn't use antibiotics and doesn't do vaccines to their animals and all the things that cause us to have all these substances in our bodies that you get very frequently when you buy the meat from the store. Do things like that. Eat healthy, real, whole foods. If you're going to take supplements, take whole food supplements to further support your immune system. You can find the one that I use and that I recommend on my website in the resources tab if you're looking for something, if you don't have one already that you like to use. You can also use things like elderberry syrup or other remedies which work with your body rather than weaken it. Elderberry syrup is really not very hard at all to make. I have been making ours for several years now and it tastes really good. In fact, the kids beg for it. So I would encourage you to maybe look into making it yourself or buying some from the store that's from a good, reputable source. If you get sick, then you've got to rest, rest, rest. You need to give your body's energy all over to healing you. You can't be up doing all the things. You've got to listen to your body, sit down somewhere, and rest. Don't take all these artificial pharmaceuticals that override what your immune system was made by God to do. Things like Tylenol, Motrin, all the things that most doctors will tell you to take, all those things actually can cause your body not to do what it was designed to do. Now, that is not medical advice. You do need to talk to your provider. But I will say that a lot of what the medical model tells us to do actually causes our immune system not to be able to function at its full capacity. So if you don't have a high fever, it's really better to sweat it out, for lack of a better term, just because that is your body's way of killing whatever it is in there that is making you sick. Now, again, you need to talk this over with your provider. This is not medical advice. This is just my opinion. 
based on my research. That's what I do. Let your body do what it knows how to do. If you're working with its design and not against it, it's going to do what God designed it to do. It's when we work against it for you. And we do this. We've been doing this for years and years and years. And sometimes there's some undoing that needs to happen so that things can go back to functioning like they're designed to. But when you work with the design, when you support the design the way that God made it, it does what it's designed to do. Don't maintain such a stressful pace with your life between not getting enough sleep and having too much that you've got to do to where your body has no energy left to give to healing and keeping you healthy, especially when you're pregnant. You have to let your body have some extra leftover energy to keep you well and to help keep you healthy or to heal you if you get sick. If you are running and running and running and maintaining a pace that is just unsustainable, you're going to get sick and it's going to be harder for you to get better. So listen to your body don't overdo it, support God's design, and understand that you're made to heal. God made you to heal. You don't need a man-made substance through a syringe going into your arm, overriding the first several layers of protection that God put put there to protect you from these pathogens. You don't need these things going in you when you're pregnant. None of these things have been tested in pregnant women. And anyone who wants to argue me on that, you can't because there really, really is no evidence that it's safe. You can tell us what you think you've seen, but ultimately we don't know where so many of the things are coming from that we talked about earlier in this podcast. We don't know the source and not one person can prove that they do or do not come from these shots and In my opinion, the best thing to do to protect ourselves is to remove as much artificial stuff as we can to try to eliminate whatever it is that's triggering some people's children to have these awful lifelong situations, for lack of a better term. It's not always illness. Sometimes it's just conditions that they're having to deal with for the rest of their lives, and many of them are preventable. And it's possible that this is one way that you can prevent it. So again, this is my opinion. After many, many, many hours of reading and watching documentaries and learning about how they came about, how they work in your body, this is the conclusion I've arrived at. You have to do your own research. You have to come to your own conclusions and make your own decisions. That's what I'm all about. I'm about you having the information so that you can make the best decision for you and your family, a decision that you can stand behind because you need to own the results no matter what. You need to know the risks the benefits, and then decide which direction you're going to go. And that's what this podcast is all about, is giving you that information so that you can make the best decision for you. Now, as I say at the end of a lot of my podcasts, I know it's a lot. I know it's a little overwhelming. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I'm here to help you. If you need some help sorting through it all, there's always the option of booking an hour of one-on-one time with me over on my website, the Midwife and Me Power Hour. You just click consult up at the top or consultation, I think it says. And I would be glad to sit down with you and work 
through the decisions that you have to make and give you my honest opinion, unbiased, don't have policies or procedures or insurance companies telling me what to say. I will tell you honestly what I believe and I will help you to gather the information that you need to make the best decision that you can for yourself. I want you to own your health care. I want you to own the decisions that you make and I want you to be healthy more than anything. I want you to be healthy and I want you to grow draw closer and closer to God. That's my main goal. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll see you right back here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.